Hey, what's up, everybody? Paflin here, and thank you so much for joining me in session 1032 of AskPat 2.0. This is a show where I coach entrepreneurs right on a call, and you get to listen in like a fly on a wall and absorb all this information that uh, is discussed in this call. So I'm excited you're here. Today we're talking with Jacques Hopkins, who owns a very successful business at Piano in 21 Days. He teaches people piano. He's a very successful YouTube channel. And he's at a point now where he wants to be uh, be able to create better, more successful sales funnels. And he wants to do this through segment segmentation, uh, dividing your audience into separate buckets, essentially, and serving them in different ways. And he had attempted this before, but got completely overwhelmed. And I remember when I first started segmentation, which is very smart because then you can deliver unique messages to different subsets of your audience. It is completely overwhelming. So we tackle that today. We talk about how to actually do this step by step. And hopefully this will be something that will serve you as well. So we're going to get to Jacques in just a moment. All right, now let's get to today's call with Jacques Hopkins from pianoin21days.com. Jacques, welcome to Ask Pat 2.0. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks, Pat. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. So really quick, why don't you introduce uh, yourself and your business to everybody listening in? You got it. So my name is Jacques Hopkins, and I teach piano in a fast and fun way with my online piano course at pianoin21days.com. And I created it about six years ago, and it's just seen slow and steady growth. And um, fortunately, about three years ago, both my wife and I, were we were full-time engineers. We were both able to quit our jobs. And um, and it's just been a huge blessing because around the same time, that's when we started having kids to us too. So we've been able to stay home with them and spend more time with them. And so uh, now to this day, Piano in 21 Days is still the main source of income for our family. It's making about $30,000 a month. Um, wow. And it has for the past year or two. So it's kind of leveled out. The growth has kind of leveled out. But most of that's because I, I've got it pretty much on autopilot now. Mm-hmm. So what I do with it each day is I look at my a daily report that my assistants put together for me, and she's got these KPIs on there that I look at, and it's basically so I can look and make sure nothing's broken in the, in the machine and everything still keeps going and uh, people are happy and people are still able to learn piano. And the other thing I do each day is, is I send out quick little thank you videos to people that have signed up for my course each day using a tool called Bonjoro, which is something I learned from you because – when I signed up for your podcasting course, I got one of these bonjouros from you and it just blew me away. And I was like, well, if Pat's can take the time to to do this, there's no reason I shouldn't be doing this with my students. So I do that. Uh, that's what I do with Piano in 21 day, Days each day. It takes 10 or 20 minutes. Other than that, it's an autopilot. And I spend the rest of my time now just doing coaching and consulting with other people on taking their you know, skill or knowledge and turning it into an online course like I did. But I do want your help today with Piano in 21 Days because I want some ideas on how to continue to grow it. And I do have one idea in mind that I, I think could work. And I know you know a little bit about it. And I was uh, at a conference a few months ago and heard a guy speaking about this topic that I didn't know much about at the time, and that is segmentation. And his name was Brennan Dunn, and he was talking about all the benefits of segmentation when he implemented it. And you can you know, see increased sales, but you can also serve your customer better because you're able to speak them, to them more directly and provide them with things that better are better suited to, to them. And I know that you've had you know, like Ryan Levesque on your podcast, you've read Ask, and you've implemented some segmentation yourself. So Mm -hmm. really, I'm looking for help if you think a good segmentation strategy is 
the right move for a piano in 21 days? And if so, the best way to implement something like that. Man, I love this. And I love how uh, very specific it is. And before I get to some of my thoughts and some questions I have for you, first of all, just congratulations on the growth of your business and what it's been able to do for your life and your family and you're having kids now. And uh, piano in 21 days.com is the website, right? That's right. Yeah. Congrats, man. That's, that's, uh, man, I, we need to dive into the story a little bit more. We, we should get you on the SPI podcast at some time. Well, that would be cool. Okay. We'll talk about that later. But anyway, we're on Ask Pat right now. So this is about you. So yes, yeah, segmentation, absolutely one of the best things that any website can do. Doesn't matter what it is. It helps you understand who is in your audience. And when you understand who's in your audience, you can understand how to better help them. And Brennan Dunn is just the king of segmentation uh, these days. I mean, there's a lot of people who are doing it, but he's creating a lot of amazing tools and speaking about it uh, a lot. So let's See if we can develop some sort of strategy here that you can use as direction to move forward so we can take this machine that's working and make it work even better. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. So segmentation, understanding the different buckets of people, as Ryan Levesque calls it, uh, in your audience. Have you done anything to understand? I mean, I'm sure you know a little bit about your audience, but if you were to divide your audience into uh, certain buckets, if you will, how would you do that? So I, I started to try that process because I, I know that Ryan Levesque does talk about the buckets and I started to implement some things and, and just from a survey perspective and it just got so overwhelming because I ended up getting so much data on my customers <laughs> and I didn't know, you know, I just got information overload yep. and I'm like, well, I can, I can create 30 different courses for these 30 different types of people, but it's just like, that's so daunting. And I feel like I need to take it one step at a time. So in terms of the buckets, uh, what, what I did was after people opt in for my freebie, they're immediately taken to a little survey. And I say, um, you know, while you wait for this to arrive in your inbox, please answer these short uh, questions so that I can best help you. And so now, and, and like 90% of people are actually filling out that survey. So I, over the past, you know, eight months, I have this incredible data on my students and potential students, but I haven't really done anything with it yet. And mm -hmm. so I know if they're male or female, I know, um, you know, how old they are, twenties, thirties, forties, et cetera. Um, I know if they if they have a piano already or if they if they're looking for a piano and like if they if they say they don't have a piano yet, well, that's easy. I can send them some information on um, my recommendations for a piano. Right. Um, but I ask them what their experience level is, like the biggest reason they don't currently know how to play piano. So I have all this information about these people, but I don't know how to do anything with it. Quick question. What tool are you using to collect that data? Typeform. Typeform. Sweet. Yeah, that's really smart because now you're getting all this information. I remember when I started segmenting, I started to get overwhelmed because I could understand that it was a person who was male between these ages from this location at this level of business. And it's like, you know, you can personalize a page so much that it can reflect that, but it can get very overwhelming. And I uh, got some great advice from my good friend Ramit Seti, who said, you just want to keep it as, as simple as possible. And so no more than three buckets is what, what he told me. Um, and even then, it's it's a lot. So number one, the easiest way to begin to segment, and this is likely something you're already doing, is understanding who are your customers and who are not your customers. And just let me ask you, are you do you have the capability to know in your email service provider who is a customer and who is not a customer? Yeah, 100%. Okay, I use ActiveCampaign, and there's a separate list for people that have purchased and, and not purchased. Okay, good. So people have purchased, we'll, we'll leave them out. Likely, right. you know what to do with them. And even even then, though, however, you can understand, like, Okay, they bought this product, have yet to buy this product so they could buy that second product. But we'll, we'll, 
we'll talk about the the leads coming in from from this point forward. If right. That makes sense. Right. So for the leads coming in, I think that you have to define yourself what you feel would be the most helpful information for you to know, so that you can know how to better help them. Having a person be male or female is interesting to know, but perhaps based on what you're teaching, it doesn't really matter in terms of getting into a product. Like the product will serve that person whether or not they are male or female. Like so, age and or uh, gender may not be as important to know as, for example. They've never touched a piano in their life versus they took lessons a long time ago and they just haven't played for a while. So in, in, in your in your camp, what do you feel would be the most helpful things for you to know about a person so you can better help them? Like if, if, if a person came up to you and said, I want to learn piano from you, what questions would you ask me to know more about where you can help me? Yeah, so I'm looking through the survey questions that I already asked people and I think one of the top ones to answer your question would be one of my last questions is what is your number one piano goal? And they've got four choices. And the first one is to write music. The second one is to entertain family or friends. The third one is for personal enjoyment. And the fourth one is to play at church. Wow. That is already telling me a lot about the kinds of people in your audience. And so if I were to answer, I want to write music, would you send me somewhere different or start speaking to me in a different way versus if I wanted to learn how to play piano at church? Yes. And do you have content? Do you have programs? Do you have different things that you could potentially then after knowing that information already send my way? No, I don't necessarily have that information now. And that's part of what's daunting is even if you pick kind of a path forward, then I have to go in and implement this stuff because right now I've got one evergreen funnel that's working very well and I've got one course that I sell to people and as soon as I start implementing some of this I need to segment them off and and market to them and possibly even give them a different product Uh, but if I'm going to do all that work I want to make sure the first one I do is the right way right Um, of these four categories which one do you feel best fits your avatar for 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 learn uh, for piano in 21 days so the in the terms of the have, I mean. right so i think it's based on the the existing customer base i think the number one thing would be just for personal enjoyment it's not necessarily people that want to play professionally or play in public or um or even entertain other people i think it's just people that maybe have a piano or keyboard already laying around that's just collecting dust that they would just be able to like just to be able to play it for their own enjoyment mm-hmm so maybe that's where you start with creating a funnel that you know is specifically built for people who have now marked that that is why they are doing it. And that's the best way to do funnelization, if you will, or segmentation is you start with the one that is the most popular or the one that's the most populated, uh, and then you build that one out, and then you add a second one on and add a third one on. Now, that's through email marketing, typically, that that they would be put down a different path that would allow you to mainly just basically sell them the same things, but touching on what really they want. Um, you know, obviously, you know that the more in tune with who that person is and why they are doing this, the different language you would use, and the better the conversions would be. Right? Yeah, hundred percent makes sense. And I do all my marketing and sales marketing through email. Um, people have to get on my evergreen like email funnel to be able to buy my course. And I actually implemented, I heard um, 
David Simon Garland on your podcast several years ago, and I implemented his evergreen funnel for his course almost to a T what he was saying on that podcast and everything just exploded when I did that. So I do the like video series mm-hmm. uh, launch, the pre-launch videos. And so when you say to start implementing, let's, let's talk about the people that want to do it for personal enjoyment. I can break those people out, create a new funnel. Well, then I start thinking, okay, do I need to create three new pre-launch videos just for these people? What do you think? I think ideally, yes, but but then then I feel like if you just kept going down the rabbit hole, you'd end up with 20 different versions of these pre-launch videos. You would, but again, you don't need to do them all at once, and if you start with just the most popular one or the one that you feel like it's going to make the most impact, then you get to choose whenever you want to do the next one, right? You're, you're always in control here. You can stop whenever you want, but then you might see some really good results coming from that and feel more inclined and motivated to create those other ones. You're right, though. You would have multiple versions of those things, but if it is indeed an evergreen-type situation where once it's done, it's done, versus there's a lot of other niches out there that really would have to continually update like each of those things every single year, right? Because piano is never going to change versus like a lot lot more like tech-related things, like teaching Mm -hmm. somebody how to, to, you know, use their iPhone. I mean... I just feel bad for people who do that because it changes every single, you know, eight months or so. Um, the other thing, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I agree 100. percent I mean, that's I feel very blessed that piano is kind of an evergreen thing. You know, the, the piano hasn't changed in hundreds and hundreds of years, so I don't have to update my course with technology. Now, are you at all a little complacent? And this is uh, I'm asking this question to you, not to hopefully offend you because I'm asking this question knowing where I was for a while too, is when you build out the machine and it becomes so automatic, it almost feels like you get a little complacent when that, with how things are and you're like, I don't want to have to do any extra work. Um, like I felt like that for a long time. Like, you know, the whole purpose of this was so I don't have to do any more, more work and it's working. So why do I have to change it? Is there at all any of those kinds of feelings that might be coming up as a result of it working so well right now? There, there absolutely are, and I have re-recorded my course about four times because there, there were times in the past where I felt like there were just holes in the course, and it just wasn't – I didn't do the very best job I could on the course. Mm-hmm. But this fourth time that I've redone it, I'm just so proud of the course, and it's obviously provided results for a lot of people. Um, but I, you know, I could be – spending a little more time with uh, with the students that are going through it, giving them a little more personalized uh, one-on-one help. And mm-hmm. I, I definitely see what you're saying in terms of it's easy once you have this automated machine to just get complacent about it. And I don't want it to go backwards either. Like I want it to continue to be a thing. I want it to continue to be something I'm very involved with and have my name be synonymous with Piano in 21 Days as well. It's not a. It's not this thing that I'm looking to package up and sell one day. This right. is. This is like my life's work to an extent so far. Right, and your face is on every thumbnail in the YouTube channel, and it's great. Like you are building a personal brand here. Right. Uh, and and Jacques is synonymous with piano in 21 days in my eyes, at least from what I've seen and, and know about you. So that that's great. Um, some other recommendations I have for personalization that may be less work, although I would still recommend trying one new funnel for one of those sequences uh, and just seeing how it works um, is checking out some of Brennan's new tools that he's come out with recently. I don't know if you are involved with 
or I've heard of Write Message or Write Ask. These are tools that Brennan's created that my team and I are now beginning to implement, which tie directly into your email service provider so you can collect tags as you have people come to your website. Um, what's really cool about the tools as well is you can un- you can collect information about them to begin to segment them even before they're you're, they're on your email list. And then as soon as they join your list, you already have these this information about them based on essentially what comes up on your website or like little survey questions on the bottom, like how long have you been playing piano? Like click A, B, or C. And then you know that information about them. And what's cool about this is once it's in or even without collecting survey information on the front end of the website, if you've tagged them in an active campaign and you know where they're at, when they come back to your website, this is the this is what Right Message does. You can say, okay, anybody who is tagged with this, meaning they want to do this for personal use only, on this webpage, show them this messaging. Now, if they have this tag instead on the sales page, show them this messaging or the other messaging. And so you can actually dynamically with just one website using the tool Right Message, based on what tags they have in your email service provider. Show them different messages based on where you know they're at. That's that's just so cool, and I'm glad you mentioned right message. I've looked into it a little bit. You know, Brendan was there giving his presentation on segmentation, and and he hadn't quite launched right message yet, but he was telling us a little bit about it. And there's also a breakout session, and I was able to to talk to him for like ten minutes one on one about some of this stuff, but. Um, it was just, you know, once I start thinking about actually changing individual things within the page based on what these things are, my mind just goes wild because there's so I have so much information and it's like and I guess what you're saying is just start with one thing at a time that you might think yes. think might move the needle the most. Right. And that's what we're doing, too, because we, there, there are so many variables. I mean, I have 50 data points on various people in my audience based on what they've downloaded, what actions they've taken, what clicks they've made, survey answers and all that kind of stuff. And you can you can go you you can just go deep into that rabbit hole and never come out again versus okay, let's just do one thing. So what we're doing on on SPI now is when people come to the website, if they if I don't know where they're like how much money they're making from their online business yet, then a little pop-up shows up that says Tell me where you're at in your online business experience so that we can provide an ex- a better experience here for you. Have you started a business yet? Uh, no. Yes. If yes, how much money are you making from your business? And now I can, on my webpage, for example, on the podcasting sales page, I can go, okay, if they haven't started a business yet, on my podcasting sales page, I can have language that says the perfect way to begin growing your audience so that you can finally build the business that you want. Versus if I already know they have a business, I can have it go a perfect way to scale your business and begin selling the products that you have. And you can do something that's, similar with that's your That's really too. cool. Yeah, so and- why why not just create separate pages for all these people instead of implementing a tool like Right Message to do this? It's just easier. And gotcha. It, because it's all built into the tool. Um, it's essentially what you're doing, but you're just using it in one tool, and, and Right Message will give you a lot of that information that you collect too. Um, it's just easier to work with. Gotcha. Yeah, less, less moving parts. But yeah, that's what I would recommend. Actually, the, the funny thing is I... I was that at a Lead Pages conference you saw him? No, it was the SumoCon uh, in in Austin last oh, year. Oh, okay. Yeah, he he spoke about something similar at at the Lead Pages conference a while back, and Right Message wasn't quite ready yet. And I remember when it came out, it was still like I don't know, it's a little clunky to me. And then I just saw, I just got a demo of it the other day, and I'm, my team and I are blown away. So 
right message or right ask. And Brennan, if you're listening to this, uh, you're awesome, man. Thanks for making our lives a little bit easier. But perhaps that's where you start. You could probably, understanding what you know about your audience now, just try a little bit of personalization on some of those key pages on your website. Um, if you wanted to experiment with like male, female, you could have, you know, like another thing you can do is you could switch out a, um, and this is why you use the right message because you can get this granular with it. If it's a female coming to the webpage, you can have a female piano player. And if it's a male, you can have a male piano player as sort of like, you know, whatever the background image is. Um, but again, be careful because you can go really, really deep with it. And I would just say, just start simple and, and, and let it run for a while and see what happens and then try something else. Right on. That's great advice. Cool, man. Uh, that's awesome. Anything else uh, along those lines I can help you with or, or other questions or are you like ready to just dive into to that stuff? Well, I'm ready to dive in and, and what you're saying makes perfect sense. I guess the last piece of this that I'd love some input on is, you know, at the end of the funnel is basically the course, like people buy the course. Yep. Do you think that there's any reason to create multiple versions of my course based on these segmentation things? Do you think that the course would be better serving like would the content of the course really change depending on who comes in like would it still be helpful for them no matter where they came from so for example if i do i do attract a lot of people that want to play at church and there's nothing in my course currently that i mean it'll help them learn how to play piano and but it doesn't help them you know sync up with other instruments play you know church type songs or anything like that um, so I'd hate to redo my course just for that segment, but I guess one thing I could do is, is have like a, a bonus adder course yes. on how to do that. But I wouldn't necessarily want to market that to people that don't want to play at church. No, don't, you, you wouldn't, um, you can, you can have perhaps on a universal sales page have, oh, we also have bonus sections in case any of these things are interesting to you. You play at church or you want to learn how to write music. We have some bonuses on that too, but Using right message, you could, knowing where they came from, have that be the one bonus that's mentioned on the sales page, and then just all those bonuses are in the course. So I would definitely go the bonus route. So we have a bonus uh, a lesson for people who want to play at church, which is just going to basically glue everything together that they are already learning in the course that's already there for them for what they want to do. Um, so does that make sense? So if I click earlier that I want to play for my church – on the sales page, because you're using a tool like Right Message, I see the bonus video for how to play at church. Um, and then I go in and I see that bonus and I go, oh, well, there's even other bonuses here that I didn't even know about, like how to write music and how to, whatever the other ones were, how to entertain people at parties. Like, that's cool. I didn't even know I needed that. Even even better bonuses like that I didn't even know I got access to. So it actually becomes an even cooler surprise for people in that way too. That's that sounds perfect. Yeah, I love it. Cool, man. Uh, well, um, I usually ask everybody who comes on the show here what the biggest takeaway was. Yours was very tactical, I think, but um, I would just love to know kind of what, what's the first step for you from here. My my first step would be to go back and analyze some of the the survey responses and just really just pick one one segment I can break off and just focus there because I was several months ago, I was so excited about segmentation and I started to implement all this stuff and I just got so overwhelmed. I'm like, I can't, there's so much here. And I just, I just froze and didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. So I think the one takeaway is, okay, let's just pick one and move forward with that one. And it doesn't have to be this huge, massive thing. I love it, man. That's, that's exactly right. We're looking forward to uh, 
following up with you later. If you don't mind, we'll reach back out to you later, maybe have you come back and tell us how things go. Perfect. Thank you so much, Pat. Thanks, Jacques. Appreciate it. Piano in 21days.com, right? That's it. All right. All right. I hope you enjoyed that call with Jacques Hopkins. You can find him again at piano in 21days.com. I'm excited to see how he begins to take action based on his segmentation. I mean, he actually started the process a while back, like you heard, and had even done a survey. So if you haven't done that yet, that's the first step I would recommend. And there's a book called Ask by Ryan Levesque that I would also recommend too to help you understand what kinds of questions to ask. I used that in my business back in 2015. And man, it was it was a, it was a game-changing survey that affected the rest of my business and still continues to do so. So I highly recommend that book. And I highly recommend, if you haven't done so already, subscribing to the podcast. So all you have to do is click subscribe wherever you're listening to this right now so you can get the next episodes that are coming your way. And we have a whole mess of episodes coming your way too. Coaching calls that you can sit in just like this one. Now, if you want to potentially be coached by me in this fashion, all you have to do is go to askpat.com and find the button in the middle of the page where you can apply and I ask you a few questions, and depending on your answers, and depending, I mean, it is not completely random, but it is, you know, you kind of have to get a little bit lucky, but the truth is, and, you know, I'm not a fortune teller, but I can tell that if you don't take action, nothing's going to happen. So all you have to do is go to askpat.com, fill out the application there to at least give yourself a chance, and make sure you uh, plug in some good answers there so I can read them, and I will be reaching out to you if we are going to schedule a call. Simple as that. Thanks again for listening in to Ask Pat 2.0. I appreciate you. Hit subscribe. Leave a review if you haven't already, and I'll see you in the next one. Bye. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while, and that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show, for now at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.